You're listening to RGV Titan Radio. We are the 956. The views and opinions expressed by our guests, hosts, and or DJs do not, we repeat, do not reflect the official policy or position of RGV Titan Radio, our affiliates, or our sponsors. RGVTitanRadio.com. We are the 956. podcast here on rgv titan radio we are the 956 we are your hosts i am will and i'm bob and i got no jokes today man we're going to some dark fucking territories today bro <laughs> ladies and gentlemen this is a uh this is going to be a very very important episode of the movie know it all podcast because we're going to be talking about we are going back to the well and uh doing another episode of history versus hollywood and today we're going to be talking about the extremely controversial which is putting it very lightly i'm very mind. mildly to say very mildly uh the extremely controversial case of what is now known as the west memphis three or the uh, murder at uh, the robin hood hills uh this is a very very disturbing story uh, about the murder of three young boys uh stevie branch michael moore and christopher byers uh, they were what six seven years old uh, eight years old and they they disappeared one afternoon and um i believe the next morning they were found uh murdered uh they were found naked and <coughs> bound their 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 legs and their arms were bound and um it was it was a very disturbing scene, uh, to say yeah. the least, and it rocked a little a little town, uh, the little town of West Memphis, Arkansas, which is like in every sense of the word a little town, a small town. Yeah, it's a very you know? small little town. Uh, it only has a couple thousand uh, uh, residents in it that living in it, and uh, unfortunately, when you have a small town like that, extremely religious, uh, you get. And, and, you know, you have the whole uh, uh, rumor mill going and, and uh, tensions flying, emotions flying. And, um, you know, bad things tend to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. And unfortunately, bad things did happen aside from from the uh, from the children. It's a nice way of saying a bunch of corrupt fucking politicians like fumbled and fucked up a case and refused to admit that they fucked up. They saw right. this, and and uh, we're 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 gonna be we're we're jumping a little forward here, but I will say this, and uh, um, I, I get this from you because as long as we've known each other, we've discussed this case, and mm-hmm. we've spent many a nights uh, just talking about it, and and you know just discussing it. I know that you have you've uh, dove in deeper into this than I have, but lately, uh, especially. Uh, spoiler alert! With the release of of the uh, the West Memphis Three, uh, Damien Eccles, uh, Jesse Miss Kelly, and um, Jason uh, Baldwin. J- Jason Baldwin, uh, especially with with the release, what was it? Twenty some years later, uh, back Nin- in twenty twelve. Nineteen. It was nineteen years later in twenty. Nineteen years later in twenty thirteen. Uh, it it it's such a disturbing and, and sad case, <laughs> and. Um, you know, it's it's going to take a lot to dive into. So what we're going to do is we're just going to dive into it. Uh, in the year 2012, they did make a movie called The Devil's Knot. 
uh, starring Reese Witherspoon and um, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy from freaking uh, 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 the Kingsman. Uh, Colin Firth. Colin yeah, Firth. you go, Colin Firth. I always forget that guy's yeah. name, dude. Like, I feel bad because he's a good actor, and I, I, yeah. I just like, I'm like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it's funny because uh, my wife knows him because she loves watching romantic comedies, and he comes out in a bunch of romantic comedies. Yeah, uh, but he's also like really, really good at playing badasses. Just watch, yeah, uh, just just watch uh, the Kingsman. Yeah, Kingsman. I've seen the first one. The first one's good. The second but. one is really good. People keep talk keep talking trash about the second one, dude. But I don't get. I don't understand why anybody talks trash about the second. You me, don't, about the second one. You don't feel the hate. You don't see it. I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I mean, the first one was so good that like the second one, it's it's uh, um, I don't know. It's just it seems like it seems like a straight up continuation. You know, like yeah. there's only so much you can do with a sequel. Yeah. But um, but anyway, uh, yeah, man. And uh, the film is directed by a man named Adam Egoyan, spelled uh-huh. A-T-O-M. And I believe this is his his like uh, like his first American film, if I'm not right mistaken. On. Right on. Uh, he did. I think the I think the only movie I had seen uh, of his before this one was Chloe. Uh, right. I don't think that was an American produced uh, a movie, though. I don't think I I don't know I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's with uh, um, with Julianne Moore and Amanda Seyfried. Right on. No, yeah. I haven't I haven't checked that one out. That's a crazy movie because Julianne Moore is married to Liam Neeson and she thinks that he's cheating on her, so okay. he hires Amanda Seyfried to to seduce him, <laughs> and she does, and she ends up falling in love with with Amanda Seyfried, and it's like it's it's this crazy like erotic uh, like thriller type movie yeah that sounds good i should watch that later <laughs> it, it's really hot it's really hot. <laughs> i'll just watch it that, you know watch yeah <laughs> by myself in the dark <laughs> at night <laughs> far so, from the shame of the world <laughs> <laughs> no man we're not getting king shame around here dude you do what you, what you do you so uh jumping from that man um there was also a uh, a series of films that was done uh, around the time that the first trial was going on, and um, it was called the uh, the Paradise Lost movies. Yeah. Now, the thing about the Paradise Lost movies is that they were they were done by um, by some by some documentarians that were hired by HBO, Joe Berlinger and Bruce Sinoski. Mm-hmm. They were hired by HBO to kind of, kind of just like, like, like cover the, the, the yeah, trial to, fo- to follow the case. Cause it was such an interesting, like, I guess like you had to be like around our age, like maybe to, I, cause I was still like, I was young, but I wasn't like young and like so young that I didn't see what was going on. Like in 94, there was so much satanic panic. Like it was ridiculous. That's the like, thing. I think I think that's why this case got so much attention, the, the attention that it did, because mm-hmm. like, OK, let me take you back to 1992 uh, when, when this happened. Mm-hmm. Now, around the time, there was a lot of uh, daytime talk shows like nowadays, you know, we have Maury Povich and we have, you know, the judge shows or whatever. Dude, back then we had Shit, Sally Jones. Jesse. 
Sally Jesse, Geraldo had his own show in the morning, like the, during the day. And they had uh, like very much, uh, uh, I like to call triggering episodes where mm-hmm. they would bring in like, uh, like members of the satanic church. Uh, yeah. They would bring in people, you know, who were quote unquote, uh, seen or been a part of satanic rituals all across the country like apparently it was like this huge thing that's happening everywhere even though nobody could show proof of it yeah (laughs) so it it was was so fucking ridiculous dude like it it, it was so because man my mom got swept up in that bullshit Like, my mom was the one who introduced me to Marilyn Manson. Like, whether she knows it or not. Yeah. Like, she's asking me if I knew who he was. I was like, I have no idea what the fuck that is. Like, what are you talking about? And, like, yeah, dude, because I was really, like, when I was a kid, like, my my music of choice was, like, hair metal and uh, country music. That's all I listened to. Yeah. Uh, And I only ever really listened to hair metal on the weekends when I go to my uncle's house. Mm -hmm. Like or my grandmother's house, but my uncle lived there and like, he was always blasting like Bon Jovi and Whitesnake and shit like that. And like, like that's where I got into that. And then another cousin of mine who's, he was really into, um, whatever the next platform was entertainment. So he had like this massive cassette collection of like 400 cassettes. And, um, he was a really, he was selling all his stuff. And he was a, a fairly talented artist. Like he he used to draw like doodle shit, and I thought he was really cool. And he doodled a cover um, for Injustice for All because he didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have the cover, so he doodled his own cover. And I wanted that cassette from him just because it had his doodle in it, it had his drawing in it. Uh, and I bought it, and I got really into Metallica. So that was like the heaviest stuff that I listened to. Yeah. Uh, when I was like nine nine or ten years old. And, like, just hearing all this stuff, like, mom didn't like me listening to it because, like, because of, well, really, because of this case. Like, it was the first time that, like, holy shit, like, nationwide, like, here's proof. There's a couple, there's a bunch of kids going out there, like, sacrificing kids to Satan. Yeah. Like, man, like, they, they wrote this shit. Like, I remember hearing about this case and not really knowing about it until I was, like, maybe 18. Mm-hmm. Like when I like learned like all about this stuff and like I got really, um, really deep into the case. Um, I got really uh, deep into it with like friends who like were part of the Free the West Memphis Three movement out there in West Memphis. Yeah, like I made a lot of uh, internet friends. I I I used to use social media to just like well be social, and like I I would just talk to random people about like shit like this. And I, I ended up connecting with some of those people and like, um, I had written letters to, to all three of them. Um, I've sent money to the three of them. Like, yeah, like I had, like I, I, I was very affected. I was affected very deeply by this case because, um, I, I, I fucking to this day hate high school. Like yeah. I've never forgotten how much I hated high school. Like, for me, high school was a horrible experience. Like, mm-hmm. I met some I met some really great people. I had some really great friends for the time. And I've made uh, a few lifelong friends from high school. Like, yeah. my, my best friend in the world is, is my high school best friend. Like, 
we've we've known each other since like 10th grade and he's just been my boy ever since but like as a whole like the experience was just fucking dreadful i hated everything mm-hmm. about it and yeah. like our school was a little um uptight about shit <laughs> uh we couldn't yeah. we couldn't wear shirts with skulls on them um we could only have our hair so long like it got to a point where uh they would tell me and my buddy Josh and some of our other friends to cut our hair they wouldn't even like come up to us and say anything they would just like literally whistle at us from like across the fucking like bus stop mm-hmm. and like we turn and as soon as we make eye contact they would do the finger gesture like to cut yeah like scissors with their fingers like cut your hair we're like goddamn dude and like I do. I remember one time getting ISS for sitting in a place where one of the fucking other principals told me to sit. Yeah, and 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 I mean, my 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 high school days weren't weren't that bad. That's because you know I, I was just a little like I mean I was a, a conformist, you know, yeah. at the time. You know, I I didn't want to stir the pot, so to speak. I, I did. But yeah, but yeah, <laughs> dude, But like like one of my really good friends, he uh, um he had. I'm going to say it was a really bad day, right? Like he had, yeah. he, he didn't have the best home life. Mm-hmm. And then one day, you know, he had a really bad day and, and he came to school and, and he, you know, just like the smallest thing. And, and they, they, they sent him home, like back to the bad place where he was coming from, you know? Yeah. And it, it's, it's just one of those, it's one of those situations. Uh, and, and I know some people who currently work in high schools that can confirm this. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, they just want to get your kids in and out. And it yeah, was just like back yeah. in the day, you know, like it's very rare that you meet somebody that actually enjoys being there yeah, and, <laughs> and see, actually like, wants to help. And now as an adult, like so many of my friends are teachers, like so yeah. many of my friends are teachers. Because it's so easy and, to get into. Yeah. And like, and here's the thing, like we weren't crazy. Like some of our teachers really hated us because, yeah. like, I have fr- I have friends who are teachers, man, and I'll I'll never like drive or drive any of them out, but they'll tell you like, oh oh yeah, dude, like there's kids that like, goddamn, you hate them so much, yeah. like you just wish the fucking worst on them. Like, yeah. I had a buddy of mine who's like, I've had two kids my entire like career, and, he, and like they've been a teacher for like eleven years now. He's like, I've had two kids in my entire career that I just like I I just wish death on them like i hated them so goddamn much and i'm like wow dude like like we weren't crazy he's like oh no it's not just high school kids i'll tell you that much no fuck no it's it's most like they're they're a fucking they're nah man like it's it's most certainly not yeah but that being said man now imagine uh being uh living in a small town like smaller than the valley dude i mean the valley's pretty big right and yeah. i mean i consider it small con- you know considering that the places that i've been to it's pretty small right yeah. but imagine being in a place of a couple of thousand uh a couple hundred thousand people in population mm-hmm. where everybody everybody listens to country music everybody goes to church every wednesday and, and sunday Sunday, yeah everybody goes everybody um is like everybody knows each other but you like to dress black dress in black mm-hmm. you have an interest in religion other than christianity like yep. you have an interest in, in not technically satanism but like wiccanism and 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 all the earth uh earth religions all the earth cultures mm-hmm. um 
and you have an interest of stuff outside your little bubble there. Yeah. You know? And like, and the thing that's so fucking like, I guess what affects me so deeply about this case is the fact that like, I I was that kid. Not that's so the thing. Yeah. Not so different from Damian Eccles and Jason Baldwin, and yeah. like they were from a small town too. Mm-hmm. Like where everybody went to church and everybody knew everybody else's fucking business. And there's that weird fucking kid like who yeah. wears the black T-shirts and who listens to the devil music and fucking yeah. like does this, that and the other thing. He's always outside at night and like all this goofy shit. And, and like I, but you know, you, you get persecuted enough for it. Like you get bullied enough, like you get bullied by people from like who don't understand it. And then you get bullied by people who just like, don't consider you part of it. And it's like, you're not trying to be part of anything. Like you're just trying to be your own person. And like, just trying to live your day, dude. Yeah. And you relate to all these things and all of a sudden you can go to jail for it. Yep. Like what the fuck kind of dystopian shit is that? (laughs) Like that's some real Logan's run bullshit. Like, and it freaked me out. It really freaked me out. Like, it's a very fucking scary thought to think that everybody can point at you and say, well, he says creepy shit. Well, he Mm -hmm. says weird things and he draws weird things and he reads weird things. Mm -hmm. And like, he had to have killed those little kids. Like, all right, that makes sense to me. Send him to jail. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> Not even jail, dude. Death row. So like, um, sentenced to death row, dude. Like, yeah. And so, like, there, there, there are two ways we can go about this. We can, we can. Uh, actually, there's three ways we can go about this because there's so much to this case. I feel like just talking about the movie uh, is not gonna, gonna, gonna uh, be sufficient. So uh, we're gonna talk about not only Devil's Now, but we're also gonna talk about Paradise Lost, uh, the Paradise Lost trilogy. Yeah. And um, documentaries. Awesome documentaries, man. Um, it, it's. It's. I remember watching HBO and uh, watching the the previews for this and and thinking like, oh, that looks very interesting, like satanic murders. Ooh, you know, like I had no idea how how bad this case was, you know, especially back then um, in 1996 when this when the first one came out, you know, uh, which was like three years, two or three years after after they were sentenced. Yeah, you know. So um, the uh, the devil's not. It it opens with, with uh, uh, the kids, the 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 three victims, you know, uh, Stevie Branch, Michael Moore, and Christopher Byers. Um, it it opens with such, and and this is this is what I think the movie does very well. At least the first half of the film does very well. It sets up the families and the victims, and it yeah. sets and it sets up uh, the impact that yeah. this crime takes on the community. Yeah, yeah. Because you have this amazing actress <laughs> in Reese Witherspoon, who I think, uh, like, th- this was such a wonderful performance by Reese Witherspoon. It was yeah, so she, freaking amazing, dude. She did she, a, she, she does a really great job of portraying Pam Hobbs. Like, yeah, she was job. seven months pregnant when while doing this movie. Was she? She was seven months pregnant, dude. Wow, Patty you know, called Reese Witherspoon. it. Yeah. <laughs> she she said it. She called. She saw it. Mm-hmm. Patty was like, "I think she's pregnant." Yeah, and I'm she's... like, she, "Her belly doesn't look pregnant." She's like, "No, like her face, like she looks <laughs> like she's pregnant." And I'm like, 
Her face doesn't like. What do you mean? She's got a fat face, and she's like, no, she just looks like she's pregnant. Like she's glowing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I don't get it. And she's like, I'm telling you, she looks like she's pregnant. Like I don't know if she knows that she's pregnant, but she was probably pregnant. Yeah, no, she's totally pregnant. In fact, uh, if you look at all all the uh, all her scenes, she's wearing really baggy clothes. Like she doesn't yeah. wear any anything, and she's always covering up her stomach. And see, but that's the thing too is that like Pam Hobbs wore like really baggy stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and they have so many interviews with her. When you watch the, the Paradise Lost documentaries, mm-hmm. like, there, well, there's so many interviews with all the families, especially, like, John Mark Byers, who's, wow. Who is a character on his own, and we will have a whole segment on, on that guy, because, man, like... What a, what a turnaround that guy had. Yeah. Yeah, big time, man. Like, fascinating so, arc in that guy's life. So, uh... Yeah, man, we open up with 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 uh, these kids just playing and and like normal, um, these normal American kids, man, just playing and 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 um, what's her son's name? Stevie, right? Yeah, Stevie Brown. St- Stevie, um, he asks her if if he, if he can go play with his friends, mm-hmm. and you know what what a typical mother would say, yeah, but be home by five, right? Yeah. Like you know, be home by whenever. Yeah. And that's the last time she sees him. Yeah. You know? And uh, just like in real life, uh, they they take off to the Robin Hood Hills, mm-hmm. and uh, they 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 show them uh, with their bikes. Uh, there's a little there's a little spot that's that was uh, made famous by the uh, by the documentary where it's like a couple of pipes uh, oh. cr- over over a creek, yeah, and it shows them like like the final image. It shows them walking over over those pipes oh, with their bikes, bikes. yeah. You know, and like it's it's such it's such a sense of of uh, like, for lack of a better term, tragedy. Yeah. Like and, and, and I feel like so nostalgic for those moments because I remember being that young yeah. and going out to those places. Right. Like yeah, there, was, yeah. there was a canal next to my house growing yeah. up. Same. And I, me and my friends would take our bikes over there, dude. You know, like yeah. we would drive around, you know, but. And then, like the like the next thing you know, like they're 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 missing, and and you have no idea what's going on, and 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 uh, it's she, uh, she goes to work at five, mm. and uh, um, she gets home from work, and he's still not not back. Yeah. So they kind of they kind of gloss over it a little bit, but you know you, you see all the whole the whole town looking for these kids. Yeah. Right. And uh, in the documentary. Um, it it just it just opens up with with they just go straight into the murder and they go straight into the uh, uh, like what actually happened to the kids. Yeah. But the movie does a very good job of kind of like, like you know what happens because if you know anything about the story, like you know what happens. Yeah. But you kind of just like <laughs> maybe they'll find them, maybe they won't. Kind of yeah, they 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 still do for the people because it is a movie, so like. Yeah. For, for the people who don't know the story, like, they do kind of, like, play off a little bit of the idea that maybe they'll find them and shit like that. And it's, like, it's sad. It, it is really, like, a sad story when you know what happened. And yeah. it's so interesting because it's, it's based off of uh, Mara Leverett's book, Devil's Not. Yeah. Uh, which is such an amazing book. Like, I dude, I bought that from Hastings back when that place was still a thing. And like <laughs> I miss Hastings. Rest in peace. Happy yeah. trails <laughs> to you. 
I'll never hear that song the same again. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's man. right. They did that whenever they would close, right? When they were yeah, when they were getting ready to close, when they wanted everybody to move to the front and start like grab your CDs, grab your DVDs, grab your books, whatever it is you're buying, and like Aww. make your way to the front. We're closing for the night, yeah. and like yeah, dude, it's so sad. Every time I hear that song, I think about Hastings. But yeah. uh. Yeah, dude. And the the book is such a like just interesting like retelling of everything that happened of the media circus that came like in a world where where everybody was so desperate to prove that the devil was corrupting our kids through music and movies, like all of a sudden came this opportunity. And it came with that stupid fucking dickheaded detective Gary Gitchell, that piece yeah. of shit. Which, like. which we'll get to because, man. Okay, so there are three parts to this story, right? There are the victims. Yep. There's a victim's family, right? Mm-hmm. There are there is the law enforcement mm-hmm. that that investi- quote unquote investigated the crime. That was like use that term loosely, very loosely. And then there are the second victims, which is the three boys that were, yeah. and you know, they were boys, man. <laughs> Like they, they were kids, they were dude. kids, dude. Damien Eccles was what, eighteen? Mm-hmm. He was the oldest. He was eighteen. Uh, Jesse Jesse Miss Kelly was sixteen. Seventeen. And Jason Baldwin was sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. Like they were and, kids, dude. Like they were kids, dude. And 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 Damien Eccles, you know, he was. I mean, he was a. Um, for lack of a better term, dude, he was a snot-nosed brat, dude. Like he, he was, was. Just, he was trying. I mean, he was trying to get a rise out of everybody, dude. Like he didn't see, think he didn't think that it would go that far. And see, <laughs> that's the that's the the fucking like point, though. That's the part that scared the shit out of me, dude. Like I was that kid that would tell people that, like, yeah, dude, like I practice witchcraft, like at home, yeah. Like I was that kid who would scare like, you. Did that scare you? Then yeah. Yeah. I like, <laughs> like I, I like to I like to fucking tell people like weird and creepy shit about myself. Like it made it made the people who thought it was cool my friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you you weed your friends out that way. Like when you're when you're a really weird kid and you're not afraid to be weird, mm-hmm. like you you find the best types of people to have in your life a lot of the time. And like. Yeah. I, I I I to think that you could go to jail for that, like well, for being and, and the a, weird kid, and 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 I think that that the that the viciousness of the crime, uh, like it it led a lot of people to really just want to punish somebody, like they yeah. needed to punish somebody, and they found the people who were the most different. You know, they wanted it yeah. done as quickly as possible. And the you thing know? was, is that like. The reason that people like were so quick to like point at Damien and like, look, dude, like he's enjoying this, like he's having fun. Yeah. It's because he's a snot nosed 18 year old kid who thinks he <laughs> understands the entire world, who thinks he's yeah. smarter than everybody in the world because he's smarter than everybody in his shit bucket trailer park. Yeah. Like he's smarter than everybody in his fucking trailer park. And like because of that, he has a superiority complex, and here he is, beyond confident that he's not going to go to jail. He yeah. didn't do anything. Yeah, like of course I'm not going to go to jail, dude. Of course, they, like the police need to fucking point at somebody. They pointed at me. Like everybody's going to figure this out. Like sooner or later, everybody gets it, dude. Like obviously we didn't do this. There's like, this great scene that I'm so glad the movie put in. 
mm-hmm. uh, that um, that the uh, uh, that the documentaries highlighted. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad they put the scene in the movie, by the way, uh, where the cop was was uh, interviewing Damien Eccles. Yeah. And he said, what do you think of it? And he's like, I think whoever did this uh, like probably enjoyed wanted, it, wanted, probably enjoyed it. Yeah. He's like, why, why would you say that? He's like, because, like, why else would they do it? You yeah, know? must have made him feel good if he was going to do it. Yeah, you know. Like, he's just trying to be a condescending little prick. Like, but at the same time, dude. He's but at the same time, yeah, but at the same time, like, he knew, I mean, this was his interest. Like, he was interested in yeah. stuff like this. And it doesn't make you guilty, dude. It just no, makes it you, like, it just weird. makes you, like, interesting, you know? Like, it makes you a you, weird kid. Yeah, like you've got you've got these interests that are that are uh, outside of of the norm of the little town that you're living in. It's going to look odd, you know, so so um, this 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 is like really, really hard for me to talk about. Um, I remember the first time I saw the documentary, like it didn't hit me as hard as it did did now. Uh, They actually show the uh, uh, the scenes. Yeah, and the movie does too. Um, the uh, them finding the boys. Yeah, the bodies. Um, I understand why the movie did it. Mm-hmm. I I totally understand why because you need to show the viciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is a dramatization. You need to show the viciousness of the crimes, mm-hmm. because as good as this movie is, it's shot like a lifetime movie. Yes, uh, very I'm not much. Do- I'm not dogging it, but. No, you know. <laughs> but you're. I, it, it, it's not. It, it, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, not to say that that's an insult. Like, it's not yeah. an insult. It's just that, like, by by lifetime movie, I mean like small budget. Like, do it, do it quick, do it dirty, get it out yeah. of the way. All, all on the ground. You know, all you know the the. It's 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 done. Like this movie has to be done in an hour and a half. You know, yeah. like you got you got to get the story out. It's do, let's just do this as fast as we can while this story is still interesting to people. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it's not so interesting now that they're not in jail anymore. Yeah, but you know when 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 the documentary actually showed the the I mean it, it's I've seen dead bodies before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen like like uh, in preparation for uh, for some films that I've done. Mm-hmm. I've done research on on you know dead bodies and and you know murderers and and stuff like that. And uh, I want to say that I built built a, a um, kind of like a you know like like a way to block out uh, the 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 visuals in my head. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. But when I saw this again, <clears throat> uh, you know, twenty years after I first saw it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's, it's so disturbing, man. And, and you, you gotta wonder what kind of person would do this yeah. to these kids, man. Like this is pure evil and, or somebody who just like was not in the right mind, dude. Yeah. Like it, it uh, this is weird. beyond, it's beyond humanity. This yeah, thing. like th- this is a fucking. It's a crime of viciousness, is what mm-hmm. it is. Like you have to be a vile piece of shit to like brutalize three little kids like that. Mm-hmm. Like to just bludgeon their heads. Like it's sadistic, and I can't imagine like what it's like to like be caught up in that, and like for it to go national so fast, and then. 
for like film crews to like catch you when somebody tells you that they found the body of your kid like in a lake like they found your son and he's dead yeah like he was murdered like there's no doubt he was murdered and the raw emotion that that um that Pamela that because they 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 actually filmed Pamela Hobbs when when uh yeah when when she got when she she got the news and oh god dude it's it's like even now yeah it 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 hits me man and it hits me harder (laughs) than seeing than seeing the bodies Mm -hmm. like her reaction is just so raw and so guttural dude and Reese Witherspoon does an amazing job reenacting that like yeah the pain like it's very it's very that scene does hit you hard but like Reese Witherspoon is such a tremendous actress like she's Mm -hmm. so good and like it's it's I don't know man it it hits hard uh, especially now like when you're older like uh, I imagine it hits you much harder because you're a parent now. Yeah. You know, like I have, I have two stepdaughters, man. And like the idea of somebody like even going near them with that kind of intention, yeah. like lights my neck on fire. Like there's, there's not, um, there, there, there's not a horrendous thing in the world I wouldn't do to a person like that. Yeah, like, and 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 you don't think those thoughts until you think of that situation, right? Yeah, <laughs> like you don't like, you don't think that you're capable of doing something like that to another human being yeah, until you're put in that situation where they did what to my kid? <laughs> yeah, like fuck you, dude. See if I don't rip your fucking eyeball out. Like, yeah, and you I'm put very, yourself. In I'm that- very protective of my stepkids, dude. Like, I I don't fucking I because I don't trust the world with good reason. And you and, put yourself in that situation, and and you kind of understand the parents, yeah, know, and their hatred and like, of the three. And it's so it's so weird because like John Mark Byers, who is the the stepfather of one of the one of the victims, but like I say stepfather like loosely, he had been there in the kid's life since he was like two years old. Yeah, he was like uh, Christopher the, Byers' stepfather. Yeah, like the kid the kid took his stepfather's last name. Yeah, like he knew his stepfather more than he knew his real father, and yeah. like, which all the three kids had stepfathers. Like, like, like their 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 uh, parents weren't married. No, uh, Michael Moore's parents were. Oh, they were okay. Yeah, Steve, Michael... Stevie Branch, Stevie Branch uh, had a stepfather as well. Yeah, Stevie Branch, which we'll get into later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus fuck. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, and you have these like these these people that are just so angry and like understandably so how can you not be you know what i mean like and even the way john mark byers explains it in paradise lost three in the third documentary Mm. uh where he says like bought into it like you grow up in a small town and you're raised to respect authority when approached Mm. by it you know, you don't go around doing stupid things and the law don't mess with you. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you know, he was raised to believe when the police tell you something, like, you best believe them. And so here he is, and all these police are telling him that three, three kids killed his son, mm-hmm. like, murdered his son. And, like, of course he's angry. Yep. Like, of course he's full of hate. And he led the witch hunt. 
Mm-hmm. Like he very much was the loudest. Like, like there were so many people who were there with their eyes wide open, going like, "Hey, man, like this doesn't the, make sense." <laughs> the prosecution hasn't provided a shred of evidence. Like, yeah. So far, their their defense has been, "Look at them." Mm-hmm. Like that has been their whole case. Well, look at the fuckers. He like, was John Mark Byers was the very uh, personification of the mentality of uh, West Memphis at the time. Yes, and uh, like he was just so loud about like they killed my kid, killed them back, like yeah. killed them back, killed them back now, mm-hmm. like angry and. It's hard to like not understand that. Like it's very hard to not understand that. Like and I understand why the movie didn't focus on uh John Mark Byers, which is they got the amazing Kevin Durant to play John Mark Byers, dude. <laughs> what a choice, and he is right? wasted. And he is wasted, dude. Yeah. He only has like one or two scenes in this movie, dude. Which is so sad because like you could have had a real like John Mark Byers performance because this guy is a fucking performance piece. Yeah. Like, so he's... John Mark Byers is like six foot seven. Yeah, he's a and, big motherfucker. And so is Kevin Durant, dude. And Kevin yeah. Durant is such a great actor that I would have loved to have seen him do a scene of him just going off, dude. Like, I damn you to hell. Yeah, dude. I will piss fire on your grave. Like, like the what good John Mark Byers actually said those words yeah, to dude. camera with no irony whatsoever. Like, <laughs> dude, I, I'll never forget it. Like the very first time you see him in the documentary is him walking out to Robin Hood uh, Forest where they fucking found the bodies to burn an effigy. Yeah. Like... And he's walking out there with the film crew and like the first line, he's like, Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I know who my protector is. Like, just going off. And I'm like, look yeah. at this motherfucker. He's cutting an old fucking like Midwest <laughs> promo, dude. Like, I'm waiting for, yeah. for fucking like Jim Cornette to like, just like pop out after him. And like, and then after that, we're coming for the rock and roll. And like, <laughs> like he's so fucking like he's so hammy, but like yeah. I get it. He's angry. He is he's genuinely angry and like he's channeling his anger into performing this like irate father. Like no doubt he's an irate father, but he is being dramatic. Like he's a performer. Even in the documentary, he sings beautifully by the way like at the church you think so (laughs) bro i think he has an amazing voice like if he you can tell he's never had singing lessons in his life yeah but the guy can carry a tune if he had a proper like singing like instructor like not i don't when i say singing instructor i don't mean his fucking sunday school teacher like, I mean, like, somebody who's professionally trained, like, that guy could have been Sinatra. He could have, like, sung some real Sinatra tunes. He has that kind of a voice. Uh-huh. Like, I, I, I mean that. Like, he's really good. <laughs> but, like, he's, he's, he's putting on a piece, man. Like, and albeit honest one, he's angry. But, like, he wants people to know that, like, they're... Because at the time, Satanism 
in television, the Satanic Panic was such a ridiculous theatric. Like, mm-hmm. Tipper Gore was bored. Yeah. Like, like there's, there's like, no open mouth kissing in the Gore household. Like, she <laughs> is bored as fuck. Like, subscribing to the Ben Shapiro's wife, like, magazines of, like... <laughs> <laughs> Like sexuality, yeah. bro. Like no moisture. This you chick. Wanna, is you want to just... talk about cancel culture, man? Yeah, like Tipper Gore was a fucking nightmare, mm-hmm. and like the PMRC, like just made shit up. Like they just made shit up. Yeah, and like conservatives just been making shit up since the beginning of time. It seems like, at least since the beginning of my fucking life, <laughs> like they've just been making shit up. And yep. like, here they are making up all this shit that like the music is with got Satan in it and it's trying to corrupt their children and blah 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 like blah 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 <laughs> like just out there with her ridiculous shit and, and and here it is like here's our opportunity to point the finger and go aha see <laughs> we told you told you and like. You know, everybody's watching it going, but this doesn't make any sense. Like, that was the whole the whole point of the documentary was to just follow this brutal crime. And like, we're going to have a documentary about satanic panic. And yeah. it turned into a documentary about, like, what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah, like none of this, none of this is, is like, there's nothing copacetic about this whole case. Right. So. So yeah, man. Like like uh, um, these documentarians, they go in there and they're um, unfortunately they don't show this in the movie, but they uh, um, they go in there with this uh, explicit uh, plan of just documenting the the trial and wrapping it up and going home, right? Yeah. But the the documentarians they're 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 interviewing everybody and they're looking at what's going on. And they realize, like, nothing nothing makes any sense. Like, this case doesn't make any sense. Now, yeah. let's go in, uh, uh, real quick. Let, let's go into uh, uh, w- what happened after after they found the bodies. Mm. They started they started asking around, like, has anybody did anybody <laughs> see any of these kids? Did anybody see anything? Mm. And then they get these tips from several different people. Uh, one of them, one of the most important things pieces of information that they got mm-hmm. was from this woman. I forget what her name was. Vicky Hutchinson. Uh, Vicky Hutchinson. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking from, about. From this woman who claims that her son knows what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the film brings this up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he claims that he saw uh, the three boys uh, with another group of three older boys. Mm-hmm. And he names them by name. Yeah. As if to say he knew who they were. Damien Eccles, Jason Baldwin, Jesse Miss Kelly. Mm-hmm. Or no, he 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 at least names Miss Kelly. Yeah. At least. So they the police go after Jesse Miss Kelly. Now here's the thing about Miss Kelly. Uh, they don't really. They they kind of do touch on this in the film, but but in the documentary, they they like they really go into it. How he's 16 years old, mm-hmm. but he has the mentality of a five year old. Yeah, like he's not. He's 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 a um, 
he's mentally held back. Yeah. Right. He has, he has like an IQ of like 70. Yeah. He's not a bad kid. He's just, no. he's just slow. He's, he's troubled. Yeah. yeah. He's troubled. He's you slow. Know? Like he's, like, and, he just doesn't retain the way normal people do. You know what I mean? Or other yeah, exactly. people do, I should say, excuse me. Yeah. Now he, um, he goes along with the police mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, being being uh, as simple as he is, you know, he doesn't know what's going on, dude. He has no idea what's going on. He heard he heard that something happened, and you know, he was uh, in later interviews. I, I heard that they would show him the pictures of the boys, and that yeah. he like he didn't want to see them, but they forced him to look at the pictures. Yeah. For eighteen hours, they held him. For eighteen hours, they held him in one room, and. Let me put it to you this way, man. They had him in the room for 18 hours. They only had two hours of audio. Yeah. No, they only had 45 minutes of audio. 45 dude. minutes, 45 minutes of, of like actual uh, testimony. Quote unquote testimony. Of, he- of heavily edited testimony. Yeah. It wasn't that, straight like, through. It, w- it wasn't a, a straight through uh, confession. No, he would. There were so many pauses and like tape. They stopped overs, the tape. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like what the fuck? It, it it's like some fucking like real junior editing shit. Yeah. Like it's really bad. And like they just accepted that in court. Yeah. Like Judge David fucking Burnett, the bane of my fucking existence. <laughs> like if I've ever in my entire life, man, I have seen some corrupt fucking judges. Like some out and out, very publicly, like I'm not afraid, like corrupt judges before, but like, man, do like you think? Scum. Do you think that this, uh, that 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 this outcome would have been different if it wasn't an election year? No, you don't no, think no. so. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I, I mean, what I mean is like, yeah, I, I think this is very much because it was an election year. You know that every single one of those pieces of shit thrived, right? Yeah. The prosecutor went on to become a, a state senator. Uh, yeah. The judge, the judge yeah. went on to the Supreme Court of Arkansas. Yep. That fucking piece of shit. Like, yeah. I fucking like uh, open admission here because I don't give a Fuck, like I prank called him. Like <laughs> I prank called him and I harassed him at his house. Like somebody in, in one of those West Memphis three groups on MySpace, like all the way back in the day. <laughs> like somebody in one of those groups, like I was just talking to him and like I told him like I would love to fucking just like call that guy and like call him a wank pheasant and like just like say all these like, <laughs> Just like say all these horrific and weird obscenities to him, and he was like, "You want his home phone number?" And I'm like, "Are you fucking with me?" He was like, "No." And I'm like, "Do you really have his home phone number?" I'm like, and he's like, "Yeah, I have it." And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, dude! Like, I want his fucking phone number." Now, here's the funny thing: I had a burner cell back in uh, the day, and it wasn't for any other reason than the fact that I was cheap and I didn't want a phone. I just had no interest in having a cell phone at the time. Like I was one of those people who fought cell phones like all the way to the bitter end. I took for you're like 
You're like one of five people that I know that were like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I'm, not I, phone, I'm not getting a cell phone. I'm not getting a cell phone. I'm not getting a cell phone. Like I, I fought to have a phone with buttons until I was at the store one day, and they were like, "Dude, we'd have to like order one for you." <laughs> I'm like, all right, like I give up. Like I didn't, I didn't get a phone until like the Galaxy like four was on its way. Yeah, like that's when I got a fucking touchscreen phone. So like. Um, I, I was fucking, uh, I had a burner cell phone, uh, just so I could save like money. I was like, it's cheaper this way. I don't ever use it anyway. Like if you need anything, just call me. Like even the texting was even cheaper. It, it cost like a fraction of a cent. Mm-hmm. So I was like, just text me. <laughs> and, um, yeah. uh, I just, like, he gave me the number and I was like, fuck it. Like, I don't care. Like, what's the worst you can do? Call me. Like, I'm going to get a new phone number in a week anyway. Yeah. So like I called and like. Um, somebody answered like Burnett residence and I'm like, uh, can I speak to David? And they were like, who, 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 who's this? And I'm like, uh, this is his cousin, Jeffrey. Can I speak to David? And he's like, this is David. And I'm like, you're the judge from the West Memphis three case. And he's like, who the hell is this? And I'm like, I I just want to let you know that you're a scum sucking piece of shit. And I hope they (laughs) fucking keep hell hot for you. You piece of fucking corrupt garbage. And like, I, I, what did I call him? Like uh, mis, a misanthropic piece of amoebic shit. Like <laughs> I, I, I was reading a lot of dictionaries and thesauruses at the time. <laughs> but like, yeah, dude. Like I, 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 I was calling him like a bunch of weird shit, and I just kept calling him, and like he, his voicemail would come on. I would leave him voice messages. I ended up getting a phone call from a police officer, and I was like, tell him I said I fucked his corp, the corpse of his mother, like. I was just saying really horrendous shit. Like, how and, very Damien Eccles of you, dude. No, I know. I, I would, well, fuck him. What's he gonna do? Send me to jail? Like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Like, well, fuck, he might, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah, straight dude. up, man. Like, he pissed me off. Like, he royally pissed me off. And I just think he's a scumbag. Like, the fact that he had been, like, I was calling him and leaving on his voice message to like to hear the fucking the evidence that they had now because mm-hmm. it got to a point where like his pros- the prosecutors like found exonerating DNA evidence that mm-hmm. pointed the finger at somebody else. And the judge was like, nah, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Like he didn't want to hear it for one particular reason. And I don't know if you're aware of this fun fact. The state of Arkansas has never, ever, ever. And its entire history overturned a guilty verdict. No, nope. never. No, nope. never once. They are still considered guilty, and they're still considered felons. Mm-hmm. All three of these boys, all three of these men, they're now, on probation. Yeah, they're yeah. on probation. Which uh, it's such a tragic freaking. Oh, and it's so it's so infuriating. But uh, what we'll do right now is we're going to take a break real quick and then we're going to get into the trial of the West Memphis three, because this is where the fireworks start really, really exploding, man, because like this is where the story gets just freaking insane, man. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a real quick break and uh, we'll be right back here on the Movie Know It All podcast on RGV Titan Radio. We are the nine five six. We'll be right back. Are you looking for great local music? Then tune in to RGVTitanRadio.com. We play everything local, like hip-hop, rock, 
country. Back to my back now, driving down if you want your music played on our radio station, then send your music to playmymusic at rgbtitanradio.com. Once more, that's playmymusic at rgbtitanradio.com. Be sure to send MP3 files that include the names of the track, album, and band or artist along with cover art. rgbtitanradio.com. We are the 956. From the depths of the primordial ooze of pop culture, Two figures emerge to bring their gift of knowledge and films to the masses. Their only qualifications? They watched a hell of a lot of movies when they were kids. They're not just experts. They're not just fans. They are movie know-it-alls. Join Bob and Will every Wednesday at 5 p.m. as they host the Movie Know-It-All podcast only on RG Titan Radio. We are the 956. hospital I was diagnosed as manic depressive I'm in therapy now and on imipramine for depression I'm just curious how do you think the killer felt they liked it happy it was a thrill kill how about you Jason do you know the three boys no sir you believe in God? Yes, I do. How about you, Damien? You believe in God or the devil? I believe in a God, but a female God, and an evil force, not a devil. I used to be involved in the Wiccan religion, white witchcraft. When you would go out to rob, you could say that was probably like the death knell. Yeah. That statement right there. It's probably the nail in the coffin for him, man. Like, you know, you, it, it, the, the, him hanging out with a couple of, like, fairly like-minded other kids who like to listen to heavy music and fucking wear black t-shirts and watch horror movies, they, and, like, all of a sudden you're a cult. You know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. this shit is so silly. And, like, I've been accused of that fucking utter stupidity before mm-hmm. like being a kid yeah and like i don't know it, you just it's a scary thought that like it could just fuck you like that like and he was being on like there was no there was no uh, uh at, at least in that performance yeah uh, there was no deception there was no attempt at hiding who he was there was no like there was no hint at 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 anything yeah, uh, you know, he was just telling, telling uh, the the police, you know, exactly what you know what they asked. You know? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. He wasn't trying to hide anything, you know. And then I guess that's the the part that like is just kind of like just fuck to me, and it, it makes me like sad because it's a, it was this case that when I was younger that kind of opened my eyes to like. Like, man, if you think that's fucked up, you should talk to black people. Like, <laughs> yeah. You like, know, imagine. Yeah. If they... So 
so here here's like they they get arrested right mm-hmm. and like that's the thing about this whole and and I'm I'm just gonna go out and say it, man. It's it's this mob mentality that they, that came out in regards to prosecuting these kids. You know, yeah. Like the entire town was against them, dude. Uh, Damien Echo's mom would say, like she would get so many death threats, and she would get she would get uh uh like cat guts thrown at her house. Yeah. You know? and it it. And nobody did anything about that. Like, she would call the cops and nobody, like, they wouldn't do anything about it, you know? They're like, well, why don't you move, you know? Yeah, like, well, they leave. Like, get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Like, which is such a, like, fucked up thing, like. (laughs) And it's, and and what makes it even worse is the fact that they had, they, like, they're, I'm not going to say that, that their defense attorneys were all bad. I'm just saying that they didn't have what it took to defend no. these kids. Well, see, that's that's the thing, is that they did. They were prepared for a defense of, like, uh, clearly they weren't here. Yeah. And, like, they were railroaded, but, like, but you can't prove that they weren't here. Yeah. Like, And, you know, they're, like... Okay, well, yeah, we went to law school, so that doesn't make any sense. And like, guilty, <laughs> guilty. Like, what? So, like, so there's this scene. This is a fucking kangaroo court if I ever saw one. And there was no better example than uh, we we talked about this right right uh, right after we went on break. Um, there was a uh, uh, the prosecution <clears throat> called forth. Oh, oh, by the way. Uh, Jesse Miss Kelly uh, had his his trial separate. Yeah, he, uh, separate uh, from Baldwin and Damian Eccles. Yeah, which kind of doesn't make sense to me, but uh, no, it doesn't. But they wanted they wanted to keep his lawyers separated from their lawyers. Yeah, like which is so fucking stupid. Like because I, I guess I guess I thought that that they could get him to uh, to to uh, um, to speak against the other two. But um, but anyway, uh, during the uh, the uh, uh, Echoes Baldwin uh, case, they called in a quote unquote uh, expert witness. Yeah. And the expert witness was a supposedly an expert on the occult and witchcraft and 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 all that stuff. That fucking bitch, Dale W. Griss. <laughs> It's funny because, like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, like when we were talking off, off, uh, off mic. I said I want to talk about this this one part of the the case, and the first thing he said was that bitch, son of a bitch. <laughs> I hate. I can't stand that sniveling, clinking, clattering collection of fucking. <laughs> I hate him, dude. Like, he's such a skeezy little fucking. Yeah this old fart like I so, hate him so let me paint a picture for you ladies and gentlemen the prosecution brings this cat on brings him on and they ask him the, the typical questions like you know what's going on oh there, there's there's a growing number of of uh, uh, Satanist occult activity going on and this has got all the earmarks of a classic uh, satanic cult ritual like these murders, right? Classic. So, so many. Classic. Yeah, like anybody with two eyes and a brain can see what's going on here, ladies and gentlemen, right? 
So the the defense comes on, Clearly and they're like, they're uh, <laughs> "Sir, uh, where did you get your doctorate?" <laughs> That's right, because he was Doctor Dale W. Yeah, <laughs> and Christ. and he immediately like, "Well, I I got it from uh, 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 excuse me, sir, I couldn't hear that." From Dave Chappelle, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, huh? Like, huh? This cat, this quote-unquote expert, got his doctorate from one of those mail-in colleges that you send in twenty bucks and they send you a diploma. He sent in twenty bucks. They sell you. They send you a form and a diploma. Yeah. So, like. so, and what makes it even worse? What makes this situation even worse? Judge Burnett, this, what what did you call him? That fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this guy says, I don't think you have to have a doctorate in order to be an expert on a certain, uh, certain type of field. I will allow his, his um, I will allow his expertise to be heard. It's the kangaroo court. Like, like excuse me? What no kind, like what kind of judge? So okay, well then uh, that would be like uh, if the that would be like if the defense is like okay, well we brought in this psychic who saw everything. He said it wasn't them. Exactly. exactly. Like what do you mean? Like this guy's been calling himself a doctor. Like shenanigans? Nothing. Yeah. Later on, later on in the uh, in in the K in the. Uh, in the uh, uh, the court proceedings, it was brought to the defensive attention, defense uh, attorney's attention, that something happened at a local restaurant called Mister Bojangles mm-hmm. the night of the murders. Yeah, apparently, a bloodied man dizzily walks into the Bojangles and goes into the restroom, leaving a trail of blood from the door, trail of blood and mud from the door to the men's restroom. And the, and the Bojangles is right on the, on the edge of the Robin Hood Hills. The yeah, Robin Hood like, Hills. because where, where the bodies were found was right next to a highway. And mm-hmm. Mr. Bojangles is right off that highway, like right yep. there. So they, of course, as you do, you call the cops. Hey, there's a bloody man who was just sitting in our restroom. <laughs> a female cop, 30 minutes later, goes over, drives through the drive-thru, and never goes in. Because why? Oh, he was already gone by then. So, like, what are you going to do? The cops don't want anything to do with that situation. So, of course, you're going to clean up the... You're gonna, you, you clean know, up the bathroom. Yeah, because you got a restaurant to run, right? I'm like, okay. So, finally... The, like, okay, they, no cream. <laughs> <laughs> they were able to save, uh, like, a, a bloody napkin that they yeah. used, right? And he gave it to one of the cops the next day, by the way. The next day. <laughs> and when the defense asked... Hey, uh, Mr. Officer, uh, what did you do with the uh, um, with, with with that bloody piece of evidence? Oh, uh, uh, when did you take it over to the uh, to to go get a process? I never took it. <laughs> That's what I forgot to do. Yeah, he's like, uh, what do you mean you forgot? Yeah, I left it in my car overnight, and I don't know what happened to it. That's my fault. That's my fault. Sorry. Oopsie doodles. Yeah. So, like, the only other suspect at the time. 
like is lost in the wind and he's never seen again this man mm-hmm. okay who the restaurant employees described him as bloodied disheveled and i think i think one of them said guilty as hell <laughs> like 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 he had just caught got like he had just got caught doing something really bad yeah you know so and like blood all over the place man like it's it's i can't believe nobody ever followed up on that followed up on that man to this day nobody knows who mr bojangles is yeah like nobody did anything dude like hell of a fucking police for man like robocop (laughs) 80s big boss man (laughs) like and and like fucking i mean that's it outside of those two like no and commissioner gordon commissioner gordon <laughs> but outside of outside of those three like all cops bro like <laughs> like god damn like i can't stand it like but I, see I, I can't fathom how fucking like why is everybody okay with this like how how has this not been declared a mistrial and and that's that's another thing man they had there were there was so like there was nothing nothing uh connecting these boys to to the crime at all nothing right uh who was jason baldwin wasn't even in town right no, Miss Kelly wasn't in town. Miss Kelly wasn't in town. He was at a wrestling match, he said. Yeah, the one that like confessed all that shit was coerced into confessing. Mm-hmm. Like, who, who later retracted like immediately, like he retracted his statement, you like, know? But it, it's it's one of those things, and even he the way he describes it, and I think it's um, the first one where he says like, look, man, I'm not one to argue with people. You yeah. know, you gonna, you gonna tell me the sky's purple? Okay. Sky's purple. Yeah, I just want to go home, man. Like, he just wanted to go home, dude. So here these cops are holding this kid for 18 hours, telling him, like, we know you know they did it. We know you know they did it. We know you know they did it. And he's like, okay, fine. They did it. Fine, I'll say it. Just let me go home. Yeah, like, what what they do? Like, whatever the fuck you said they, what did you say they did? Yeah, that, that, they did it. They did it. Like, even his confession. Like, Like the real was real like they're like what time did this happen he was like uh noon yeah like well was it noon or was it later because earlier you said it was later and he was like okay it was later i did like (laughs) he doesn't fucking know and he's just like whatever dude like they told him doesn't your dad need a new truck you know they're offering a reward they're offering a reward for any information you know if you if you knew something you could buy your dad a brand new truck. Wouldn't that be nice? Like that's an immediate, immediate mistrial right there, dude. Yeah, like, I was like, how is that not like, a mistrial? That is not that. Okay, so I know, I know a little bit. I, I know enough about the law, right, to know that if your questioning goes like this, so yes or no, this happened at this time. Right. That's not a question, dude. Yeah, that's leading. Right. Yeah, I was like, "That's leading as fuck." You just gave him an, you gave him a choice. Yeah, right. So you're you're just supposed to sit back, let them talk, and not say a word. Yeah. Right. But no, man, the whole interrogation was like that. The whole interrogation was was uh, uh, I want you. I ba- basically was I want you to say this happened, mm-hmm. and I and I want you to say it like this. 
And then they would turn on the recorder, record him saying that, and then turn off the recorder and tell yeah. him again what to say. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's one of those, like, even like those, because like now it's one of those things that like, they hire investigators to like, like, bro, police coercion is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, a very real thing. They have investigators for it now. And, like, those investigators reading this stuff, like, watching this case, hearing the tape, they're like, I have never, ever seen a more blatant and clear-cut, like, just example <laughs> yep. of, like, how illegal this is. Like, like any any judge would, would not only would throw this out, but every, every uh, uh, defense attorney would yeah. be like excuse me <laughs> hello you know but uh but right, but they, well, they right? were the defense wasn't even given those tapes nope they were not given the raw tapes in fact they didn't know about this until until years later uh yeah. when when uh when uh, uh i forgot who who which reporter it was they actually uh sued to have those tapes released <laughs> So and, and like even then they would admit no wrongdoing. Yeah, exactly. So of course with everything that's going on, with everything that's happening, unfortunately the all three boys are found guilty. Which is so uh, be fucking leaveable. Jesse Miss Kelly and uh, uh, Jason Baldwin are sentenced to life in prison, and Damien Eccles at age nineteen is sentenced to death. Which is so fucked up. And it's it's so messed up because at the time, he had just had a a, a son. Yep. And um, yes or no, he had he was only able to hold a son once before he went to jail. Yeah, he was only able to hold him one, the day that he was sentenced. Yeah. And what makes it even worse is that, like his whole life, he wore black. Mm-hmm. Like he had always worn black. Like he 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 just likes wearing black, right? Mm-hmm. No, nothing wrong with that. Throughout the court proceedings, he wore white. Mm-hmm. And everybody, everybody around him took that as another sign of guilt because, oh, he's just trying to look good yeah. for the people, you know? Like, they took that as, as, as another bad sign that he was guilty. Yeah. The entire time, this entire time, uh, especially during the documentary filmmaker, uh, with the documentary filmmakers, um, oh, what's his name? Um, John Mark Byers. Yeah, is just like railing, railing against these boys, like yeah. just crazy railing against these leading boys. the circus, man. Yeah, and uh, the the uh, um, the crazy thing about this, and the uh, uh, the movie also brings this up, is. He kind of comes across as as hiding something or or you know too much yeah. of a good thing if you know what I mean you know yeah yeah like he's really selling his grief after a while yeah and, and, and <laughs> it just comes off as like okay dude like but that's the thing you, you protest too much <laughs> yeah like what are you hiding yeah and boy do they really delve into that one in Paradise Lost too yeah there was a there was a part. And and they cover this. They kind of gloss over this a little bit in the movie, but they do bring it up. Mm-hmm. He gives the documentary filmmakers a knife. Yeah, that has blood on it. <laughs> yeah. And he can and he cannot, uh, he cannot uh, uh, say where the blood came from. 
mm-hmm. you know, or like he he can't remember, you mm-hmm. know, where the blood came from. Now he said he'd never used it before. He said it, it, he had. To, I believe he said that he doesn't remember using it before. But he probably. Mm-hmm. But if there was blood, then he used it for cutting, uh, cutting venison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is like you know, like dude, I, I would think you would know or you would remember, right? <laughs> yeah, like boy, that seems highly suspect. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, interesting. So, Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so when. Uh, at the end of um, of the Devil's Knot, there was a uh, uh, and and they kind of get into this in the uh, in the Paradise Lost too. Um, and this is never brought up in the trial, by the way. Um, Pamela Hobbs is talking to uh, Ron Lax, Colin First character. Yeah, and she's just there, uh, like. Uh, in, like next to the woods just kind of like wallowing in her own grief mm-hmm. and she's holding a knife mm-hmm. and she mentions to him like Stevie never he, he always he always had this knife with him he never he never left it he always had it with him whenever whenever he would come home this knife was always in his pocket I found this knife in Terry's room or in Terry's drawer in his, in his what is what is it doing in his toolbox? <laughs> Which leads to a very w- w- one of many theories as to what happened. Quite possibly the most believable theory. Yeah, the one that makes the most sense. The one that makes the most sense, which we'll get into right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the first theory that I want to get into mm-hmm. is that... Um, of course, and we, we kind of, we kind of dove into it a little bit that uh, John Mark Byers had something to do with. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I mean he's 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 a very simple man, but he's a very very uh, uh, what's the word um, emotional. Very man. yeah, right. Uh, a couple of years after after this happened, his wife was found dead in their in their bedroom. Yeah, nobody really knows what happened to her. No, he, he'll uh, tell you that she died of a broken heart. Yeah, which okay, <laughs> but at the same time, the, the, even the coroner is like, yeah, we don't know how she died. Yeah, like it's it's her heart just stopped. Yeah, like really, I mean, she wasn't a, she wasn't a very young woman. I mean, she was like in her forties, late forties. Yeah, yeah, but like she wasn't. It's just maybe like too young for like that to be a thing all all of a sudden. Yeah, (laughs) but but I don't know. It's it's totally weird circumstance. Weirder shit has happened. Like like brain embolisms and shit are a thing. Like they just go off and like somebody's dead. Like (laughs) like it's it's a thing. It happens. But like um, I, I like I don't know what happened to her, but um. John Mark Byers continued for uh, once all the the hoopla died down and the the news crews went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Mark Byers still led the charge loud and proud, like kill them, you know, yep. like. And he stood. He stood very tall, mm-hmm. uh, especially as the story started growing more and more steam after Paradise Lost was released. Um, 
the story got the attention of all these different people all across the country uh celebrities like johnny depp and and uh um the guys from pearl jam eddie vetter um like everybody got together and started petitioning and 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 helping donating to their to their defense fund uh trying to get these boys at least another trial Mm-hmm. You know, because they kept pointing out not only the inaccuracies and ineptitude of of, of their de- defense and 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 like the, the the prosecution and 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 all the stuff that they got wrong, but also they kept trying to 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 uh, whenever they would they would bring it up to to get them a new trial. Mm-hmm. It was always the same judge, Judge Burnett. Yeah. Judge over Burnett over over hearing again. the case saying, no, I'm not going to let you retry. No, I'm not going to let you retry. The only reason they got a new trial was because Burnett was nominated to the Supreme Court of Arkansas. Yeah. That's had the only not, reason. Had he not won, they'd still be in jail. They would exactly. still be in jail. They would still be in jail, dude. Like, and, the main, and the main reason, and and I, I, I will always believe this, is because uh, it looked good on his resume. Yeah. Uh, he, did. he didn't care. He didn't care. I mean, I, I I believe that he knew that they were innocent, but he didn't care. Of course he did. He's a piece he of shit. Care. Yeah. You know, None he's of not stupid, care. but he's not stupid. You None, know? He, no, no, he's not. He's a smart fucking businessman, but he's a scumbag, yeah. and he sent three kids to fucking jail for 18 years. Yep. Like, fuck him, dude. So... What do you think of this whole situation with uh, uh, what what uh, they've gone on to call him uh, the Mister Bojangles man? Um, what do you think was his story? Keep in I, mind, keep in mind, we have no idea who he is. We have no idea what happened to him. Uh, there is absolutely zero evidence uh, connecting him to the crime, other than the fact that he came in. Uh, to that restaurant all bloodied on the exact same night that those boys were murdered. Uh, uh, tr- truth be told, I think what happened was he was, um, for lack of a better term, a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he killed an animal in the woods, and I think he ripped it up and did a bunch of gross things to it. <laughs> and then he walked through the woods in the dark, and it wasn't until he walked into the light of the store, he realized he was covered, covered, covered in blood. You think that sobered him up? <laughs> yeah, and that's why he looked so freaked out and he ran into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think but, he knew how much blood he had on him. Yeah. And like, I don't think he did anything to those kids. I think the most common answer um, is, or the simplest answer is usually the one that's right in front of you. How come Fraser? Uh, yeah, and I think uh, Terry Hobbs did it. I just personally think that Stevie Branch's stepfather uh, killed those kids. Uh, I think what happened was they were over at his house um, where uh, real quick before 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 you get into that, I want to I want to I want to note that he said that he never saw the boys. Mm-hmm. But eyewitnesses say, Mm-hmm. That they saw him getting after Stevie. Mm-hmm. They saw him yelling at him. And that Stevie was running away from him. Mm-hmm. This was never brought up to the cops. And um, Terry Hobbs never said anything about it. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind. Never made mention of the fact that he was home by five. 
mm-hmm. that him, Christopher Byers, and Michael Moore were all at his house at five o'clock. And I think what happened is they were playing around, and Terry Hobbs, who's had a history of um, being physically abusive, was an alcoholic. Uh, an alcoholic. Um, I think what happened was he told Stevie not to do something. Uh, I think Stevie did it or he talked back. He did something that upset him. And I think like an abusive person does, he hit Stevie. Um, I think he hit him in the head and I think he hit him way harder than he intended to. Mm-hmm. And I think that when he did it, he killed him. And he had two other little kids in the house that witnessed it. So he killed um, them. Here's another thing. Stevie was, his body was the one that was the most damaged. Yep. By everything. Mm-hmm. His body was the one that was most damaged. Um, the other boys uh, were killed um, pretty much the same way. But Stevie got it the worst out of all of them. Yeah. And um, he had the most trauma to the head. Yeah. Um, So personally, I think that's what happened. Um, I think because there was no blood at the scene. um, I think it was cleaned up at the house. I think he wrapped them up and took them to the woods and just dumped them in the water. Mm -hmm. Like, and then he tied them up to make it look like even worse and shit. He t- he probably tied him up to, to to keep him you know to keep him intact. Yeah. And, and here's I, another. I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, you're saying. I was gonna say, man. Uh, here's another thing that uh, that the defense never brought up, and this is like forensics one on one, man. Mm-hmm. When you have a, a, a dead body in in a, in an area like that. Mm-hmm. Full of little animals mm-hmm. and carnivores and and uh, uh, stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. They're gonna snap uh, at it. They're, they're gonna. gonna they're, the body. Yeah. So when when they kept saying that it showed signs of satanic rituals, cuts mm-hmm. and slashes, and you know stuff that done to the body, uh, especially around the uh, the general area, yeah. where's the softest tissue? Right around the genital area, yeah, you know? the genitals and the eyes. Yeah, that's the softest tissue. That's where the animals are going to go to first. And if you're a small under, if you're a small water turtle, like mm-hmm. you're going to go to whatever it is that you came to first. So all mm-hmm. depending on what side of the body the turtle was coming from. Exactly, and turtle, l- birds, like like animals, you know, mice, whatever. You know? And the thing was is that yeah, like the defense dropped the ball and all this stuff because they I, I think their biggest thing was that there was no evidence against the boys. Yeah. So they, they had they they prepared <clears throat> they didn't have preparation to defend against anything but what the the, the prosecution was bringing. Which yeah. was like, okay, this is all a circus act. Like obviously they look like they did it. <laughs> yeah, like that was, well, that obviously was their whole that's case. not gonna work. And it did. Yeah. It was the worst part is that it did work. And like that fucking little slimy worm, Dan Fogel, like, like he, he had nothing. Mm-hmm. He had nothing. Just, just his, his, the proverbial, like 
like fucking prosecution was literally just look at them. Mm-hmm. Like and and it worked and it makes no sense that it worked. Like it's an absurdity to me. But like it happened. The, I don't and, and the arrogance that these cops had, the arrogance that the prosecution had, the arrogance that the judge had after the case was over. Yeah. Like right before the case started, right before the, the, the trial started, they asked the police chief, you know, on a scale of one to ten, how are you how how confident are you in this case? Oh yeah, eleven. Eleven. Yeah, Gary Gitchell, that fucking piece of shit. Yeah. He went on to be a judge. Yeah. Like, like everybody thrived from sending these fucking kids to jail, from sending mm-hmm. three fucking kids who did nothing, like mm-hmm. whose whose sole fucking like guilt was being weirdos, it was just being weird kids. Yep. And and what and what good does it do? I mean. If, and God forbid this stuff happens to somebody we know or hell for to, to even like like me. If if anything happened to my kids, mm. I would want the person responsible to be punished. Exactly. I am not gonna put my faith or my my mind on onto to somebody just because they look guilty. Right. You know? And 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 I I <laughs> And that's the sad part is that these people were just, you know, just simple fucking Southerners that just they trusted the police. They trusted the people who were like supposed to protect them. Yep. Like they believed them. And it's such a strange turnaround to see like John Mark Byers in the second documentary, like really still leading that charge. Like the the police caught the guilty people. Like they caught the killers. The killers are in jail. Like to watch it go from that, and then nine years later for them to film Paradise Lost Three, um, and really have like him again, and the fact that he has completely like changed his mind about everything. Like he opened his eyes to the fact that like. He was like, I didn't like it very much either. After the second documentary came out and everybody started saying, I killed those little boys. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't make him feel good either. And it's like, well, why? Why are you saying that? Well, because look at you. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. feel good. Like, yep. he was like, it, didn't, it doesn't feel good mm-hmm. to have that happen. And, like, all you have to do is open your eyes to it and just look into it a little bit. And you can see, like, what bullshit this is. And, like, he's fucking genuinely angry. Because, like, not only are three three innocent people in jail, but his kid's killer is long gone. He put that passion into uh, renouncing his, his, his former views and getting really, truly backing the the the, the three of these guys, yeah. you know? Now, uh, I, didn't, I didn't really catch it, but did they ever say what it was that changed his mind no just that he like started reading more into it Mm -hmm. like more and more people will talk to him about it and like more and more people approached him with like without being so accusatory or defensive Mm -hmm. and just asked him like but have you looked at this like, have you really looked? Like, look at the stuff. Like, people aren't making this shit up. Like, this really happened, like, right in front of us. Right in front of you. Yeah. And he just starts looking at it, and he's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, that, 
that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, but that doesn't make any sense. Why didn't they do this? Like, why is fucking Terry Hobbs DNA on my son's like shit? Like, what's That's, happening? Yeah, and 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 here's here's the thing. Here's the most infuriating part of this story. I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's really important to this whole situation. They found the DNA on the knife, right? Okay, and they proved that it was uh, that it was uh, uh, that it belonged to him, to Terry Hobbs, right? Right. Now they. Took that evidence and wanted to put it in so that they could probably get another trial. Right. Now, here's the thing. It was their last shot mm-hmm. at getting a trial. Now, they could either do that or they could put in what is called a Alford plea. Mm-hmm. which basically allows them to maintain their innocence while simultaneously acknowledging that the state likely had enough evidence to convict them, basically mm-hmm. saying, yeah, we did it. Let us go. Yeah. And and they'll be released for time served. And I, it, I, I remember them t- telling Jason Baldwin and Jason Baldwin go going full on like Larry Flint, like who offered this to us? Like a, a, a very, very polite and understanding new judge has offered this to you. Like, is he sitting there with you? Like, yeah, he, I, I'm sitting with him right now. You tell that miserable bastard to go fuck himself. I'm going to trial. <laughs> like, Jason Baldwin was like, I've done 18 years. Give me another 18, bitch. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not, nah. You're letting yeah. me go for being innocent. I'm suing the fuck out of you. Yeah. Like, but what ended up happening was the lawyers talked, like, pulled him aside and told him, like, look, it's not going to work if the three of you don't play out together. And this is Damien's last chance. Yep. Like if, because if, if it doesn't go through, like Damien's going to get lethal injection. And all three of these guys, like to their credit, like they, they really, they really uh, stuck together throughout this whole ordeal, man. Yes, they did. I mean, yes, they're, they, they were all, they're all in separate prisons, right? They're, they're not, they're not in prison together, but they still stuck together. And the fact that um, Jason Baldwin had that mentality, but he still like, was like yeah we're doing this for damien because if they don't damien's dying they're gonna kill him they're gonna execute him and it was so hard watching the third documentary and he says like it's hard to know that you've spent half your life literally half your life in this room Mm -hmm. like like you're in this room all the time it's strange to be 30 years old and to feel intense pain in your body and for somebody to tell you it's because you have arthritis because you haven't seen the sun in 18 years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a different kind of, like, pain to know and understand. Like, and he's he had gotten to a point where the reason he was so loud and vocal about everything because he, in his heart, felt like, what more could you do to me? Yeah. Like, you're going to kill me. Like, so what? Like, there are worse things than death, and being here is one of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, here's this fucking horrendous situation where the state of Arkansas will not admit their mistake. They refuse mm-hmm. to admit their mistake. So they offer them this Alfred plea where they maintain their innocence, but they plead guilty on the advice of their lawyer because there is sufficient yeah. evidence to prosecute. And what makes this even worse is the fact that since they did since they did that, since they pled guilty, mm-hmm. th- they can no longer sue the state for wrongful prosecution. Mm-hmm. And they get no like nothing when they get out. 
nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, what was it? 2012, 20, 2013, they were released. Yeah. In, tw- in um, 2013, what happened was, uh, they came in, they pled an Alfred plea and, um, the judge sentenced them to time served and yeah. let them go home. They were let go that very day. And it was fascinating because the documentary film crew were there uh, and they were following up what was presumably going to be Damien's last time on film mm-hmm. uh, because the state was going to fucking execute him. They were going to execute him within the month. Yeah. And it would it had appeared that this was going to be his last time on film, so he was pretty much saying his goodbyes to the the documentary film crew who had been there since 1994. Mm-hmm. They uh, had to, never they had never lost contact with him. They never stopped contact no. with him. Like none of these guys. And um, so what ends up happening is they they're they're released from jail, and they what what happens is the documentary turns back on. And Bruce Sanofsky is talking to the camera, or I think it's uh, Joel Berlinger, I'm not sure, uh, telling them that they just got a phone call uh, saying that Damien, Jesse, and Jason might be getting out today. Uh, so they had to, like, hustle and, like, get down to the courthouse and shit. Yeah. Uh, so they get there, and they're released, and then they they follow the three of them. Uh, Damien got married while he was in jail to somebody who yeah. um, followed his story and wrote to him and made a connection with him. Mm-hmm. They and, had been married for almost 10 years at this point, I think. Yeah, they'd been married for about 10 years at this point, and she was there to pick him up. Um, but Jason's uh, mother came down uh, to meet him, mm-hmm. uh, and they took him to a hotel. And um, I, I'll never forget, like, like crying at the scene because uh, they were helping him pack up a bunch of shit. And um, he goes, and what do you do? You just push this thing and, and it closes itself. And he, like, pushes it and it clack, like, latches. And she's like, yeah, it just, it latches by itself. And he goes, I've, I've never had a, I've never owned luggage before, so I don't know. Like, in his mid-30s, dude, he's never owned yeah. a piece of luggage. Like... It's really like heartbreaking and shit. And um, it's accompanied very, very, very like beautifully to Metallica's The Day That Never Comes. Mm-hmm. Um, Metallica gave uh, Bruce Anofsky and Joel Berlinger permission to use their music free of charge uh, for all three documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of these documentaries start off with Welcome Home Sanitarium from Metallica. Um, which is such and a perfect, perfect song for the opening of those movies. It, it really is. And then uh, The Day That Never Comes came on the Death Magnetic album, which none of them had ever had, year. which none of them had ever had a chance to hear. Like none yeah. of them had ever had a chance to hear it. And like it, it's very strange because the last image of it is that song playing and the newspaper from West Memphis with the three of them on the cover of the cover page says three go free. Mm-hmm. And, um, the last line in the documentary is them talking to Jason outside the courthouse. And he says, that's the craziest thing, isn't it? You know, for 18 years I was in courtrooms shouting, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I didn't do this over and over and over again. And they, they sent me to jail for 18 years. And, 
I walked in here today for the first time and I said I did it and they let me go. Yeah. Like, how sad, dude. That's the justice system. That's the American justice system for you, man. And, like, currently Jason Baldwin is studying to be a lawyer. Good for um, him, dude. Because him, he, dude. He, is, he is planning on fighting the state of Arkansas. Yeah. Like, he is planning on fighting the state of Arkansas every step of the way. Like, to <laughs> fucking, like, have his, have his case reversed. Have his... his guilty verdict reverse his and Damien's and Jesse's and then to get their constitutional restitution yep like most especially Damien yeah like who is on death row and beaten and raped dude like repeatedly repeatedly and, 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 and this is and this is something that he doesn't talk about right like no. he doesn't really he doesn't really talk about it a lot um but in the interviews that I've seen him in uh, since he got out like he doesn't like he doesn't seem angry. He doesn't seem like malicious. Which is so, or, which is or, so crazy to me because I yeah, would be so fucking angry. Like he, he's he's got this mentality. Like it happened. I went through it. It's over now. Uh, he has his family. He has his children. Um, he's got his wife. Like he's exactly <laughs> where he wants to be right now. Yeah. Right. And it, it's it's this. It's his view into into the, the dichotomy of two different viewpoints of the same situation. Yeah. You have these parents who lost their child who are damning the whole world or who are damning this person that they have no idea who he is, right? They have no idea what really happened. All they know is what they're told. Mm-hmm. And then you have the victim of that ha- hatred and anger who had the entire world against him his entire life, dude. Yeah. And now that he has his freedom, he is taking advantage of that freedom, you know? Yeah. And, and like, he had even said that he was like, I don't want to dwell on everything that happened, and I don't want to dwell on the last 18 years of my life. I want to enjoy, like, how, like, what's left of my life, how little or much it may be. Mm-hmm. Like and he just wants to like go and do the things that he never got a chance to do. He wants he has the money now and he wants mm-hmm. to do it. A lot of people sent money to his family for him and to his wife for him. Yeah. And they saved every last bit, every last mm-hmm. bit for him. And I'm glad they did. I'm yep. really, really, really glad they did. Um, his family really supported him throughout this whole thing. Like his his parents, especially his father, man. Yeah. Like they they really they really stuck by him throughout this whole situation. He he does so much less interviews now that he's out. Yeah. Like now that he has the freedom to not talk about it, he doesn't. Like he avoids mm-hmm. it. Like ultimately. he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to anymore. Yeah. Like I follow him on social media, and he rarely posts. Like he rarely says anything, and. Um, Usually when he does post, it's usually a photo that he's taken, like, in New York. He lives out in New York City now. Which was his dream. Yeah, like, it was his dream to move mm-hmm. to the hub, and he's there. Like, he made it to New York yeah. City, like, from death row to New York, from death row to the Big Apple, man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy for him. And, like, Jason continues to fight. Um, like, Jason continues to to want to reopen the case and sue the state for wrongful imprisonment. Uh, I hope he gets it. 
I really do. Yeah. I really hope. Find that out who actually killed these kids, man. I, I really hope that this is the first case in Arkansas that um, the the guilty verdict is overturned. Um, I know that Jesse Miss Kelly uh, essentially just went home. Mm-hmm. Um, he had said that more than anything in the world, he wanted to go back to his to his junkyard and work on cars with his dad. Yeah, uh, they owned a junkyard and a mechanic shop. Like he was the town mechanic. Mm-hmm. And he was learning how to fix cars and shit like that. And he just wants his dad never stopped being a mechanic. Yep. <laughs> and he had said, I just want to go home, work on cars. Like, it's all I want to do. And that's essentially what he did. He went home. Uh, a bunch of news reporters came to, like, talk to him. And, like, his family just kept like, he's not doing interviews. Like, thank you very much. Yep. Like, please, please just go. Yep. Like, and he hasn't. He hasn't done any interviews since. He has no interest in, like talking about it anymore he has no interest in any of it like good for him dude he i agree like he he works at that mechanic shop with his dad he's a mechanic and like that's where he lives that's where he stays that's what he does mm-hmm. and i'm i'm happy for him too like yeah. i'm happy for everybody that i'm glad they got out but like like it was said man there's there's three little kids that were murdered and they're they're killers walking around free because yeah. of this gross incompetence and negligence you know, this this extremely quick leap to judgment on mm-hmm. on these kids like these six kids lives were ruined mm-hmm. because of this this whole thing, you know, and their families as well, man. Like these kids, they, they weren't neglected. They weren't uh, like they weren't alone in the world. They had families dude. like they had parents. They had, you know, they had friends. They were just they had, poor, weird kids from the wrong side of the tracks. Man. Yeah. Like yeah, that was I'm, what they were guilty of, yeah. just being poor, weird kids. Yeah. Poor, weird but, kids with big dreams, man. And they were yeah. punished for it. And it, yeah. it's beyond tragic, and it's beyond sad. And like I said, like, it affected me really fucking deeply, but it also opened my eyes to, like, what I said earlier. Like, boy, you should talk to some fucking black people. <laughs> like, this is just a thing yeah. that happens. Like, we're, they're just, we're just kind of used to it. All the time, dude. And, and Damien Eccles even said... Mm-hmm. If they hadn't have made that documentary, yeah, like none, none of this, none of this would have happened. Like none, yeah. like they, they would be dead, and and yeah. he, uh, Eccles would be dead, and the other two would still be in jail. Yes, they would. Yes, they would. But because the case got national attention, is the only reason those three are alive and and free, walking around right now. Yeah. Like it's the only reason. And, and that's, like that's it, probably the saddest part of this whole situation it, because it, you it, know. It really is. That this is that this is one of many mm-hmm. cases cases that this is like like uh, it, that are like this. Yeah, you know, it's it's really sad that this is the fucking world that we live in, and like so many people are just so accepting of it. Like, well, I mean, it just happens. Like, I know it fucking shouldn't. Yeah, it should be. It should upset you, ladies and gentlemen. Like, it but, should. <laughs> like, you really should be upset about this because, like, well, it didn't happen to me, but goddamn, could it? Like, it really could. You have no idea, bro. Like, I just fucking, I just paid off a ticket, a fucking speeding ticket for a fucking corrupt sheriff that fucking just was trying to hit quota. Like, I have, I I have never experienced such fucking, like, blatant corrupt, in my face corruption in my life. I got pulled over by a sheriff who was tailgating me. Like, he was tailgating me. And I fucking punched it to 66 to get out of his way. And he pulled me over. Like, he fucking pulled me over, told me I was going 80 miles an hour. And I told him that's not possible in my vehicle. It would fly apart at 80 miles an hour. Like, it shakes when I get to 65. 
Like, I thought you were trying to make me move. And he goes, I wasn't <laughs> doing anything to you. I'm like, you were up my, like, you were up the back of my car, dude. Like, if I tapped my brake, you would have smashed into me. Like, wow. and upon retrospect, I should have slammed my brake. I should have yeah. just, like, hit my brake and let him crash into me. He can't prove and it. He can't prove you hit your brake. Yeah, and then he was like, well, um, you, you, you ran the stop sign uh, at the Cibola. And I said, you weren't behind me on the Cibola. Like, you were on the expressway. How did you see me run the stop sign on the Cibola if, like, you pulled up behind me on the expressway? Well, you weren't using your blinker. And I went, well, now I know you're lying. <laughs> like I, I'm trying to kid around with him, and I'm like, "You're fucking with me, right?" Nah, he gave me an $800 ticket. Jeez, man! And I told him, "How do you want me to pay that?" And he was like, "Not my problem." And I'm like, "Well, why don't you write me a fucking $1,200 one too? Because I can't pay that one either." Like I was like, "Fuck you, dude!" And like even when I went to court, I was like, "I'm not paying for this. I'm not gonna like. I don't care." I'm like, well, you have to pay for it. I'm like, "No, I don't." Watch how much I don't have to pay for that. And like I flat out refused, and here I am, all these years later trying to get a better job for myself, trying mm. to get a new license for myself. And upon trying to get my new license, <laughs> you plan on getting a new license? You got to pay, pay for this, this first. Yeah. Like, well, it's expensive. It's expensive to be poor, dude. Oh, it's very it expensive it's to very be poor. It's very expensive dude. to be poor. Yeah, dude. It's a yeah, fucking man. nightmare. And like, yeah. if it wasn't for that fucking stimulus, I would have been up a fucked river. I'd have yep. put up a fucked river, and I'm like, all right, like I guess I'm gonna have to pay for this shit in order to continue doing what I'm doing. Yep. Like it's, well, it's I mean, really it's, fucking it's a annoying. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to take care of that, man, and, and you know, that's the point. I shouldn't have had to have taken care of that. I shouldn't have had to. Some yep. corrupt piece of shit pig who genuinely, I hope, gets shot on a routine traffic stop. Like I can't stand people like him. Like, it was a shocking abuse of authority. And, like, for no other reason except the fact that he could. Yeah. Like, because he could. Because he could wave his dick around at me. And there's nothing I could do about it because he's a but, cop and I'm not. But you know what, like, man? And, and, and this case goes to show we need to call out all abuses of power no matter where they lie. Exactly. All abuses of power exactly. no matter where they lie. Me, I... I do support police. I do not support bad police. And if there's a bad police, a bad policeman or, or bad, something that happens to do with the police that it's not good, you you best damn well I'm going to call it out. And I don't care who it is. I don't care who falls under under that that umbrella. And if and if you get offended for for me saying that I'm going to call out every bad cop that happens and you are part of the problem, my friend. Sorry to say. Oh, if, like, if they, you're, not, if... you're not helping. If they find that offensive, they're really not gonna like my fucking opinion. <laughs> like, yeah. no, I'm I'm being for real. Like, until until this system changes, until it's not led and bred by corruption, until it's not a fucking force that exists to extort poor people. Yeah. Like, because that's what it is. Like, until then, fuck every last one of you pigs. I don't give a fuck. Like, fuck your blue lives and fuck your green lives. I don't give a shit about Border Patrol either. Like, so, I don't. I could give a fuck less. Like, you don't like what I have to say? Like, for real, on some real? Like, one bad apple ruins the fucking bunch. Like, and it's not just one bad apple. It's a fuck ton of bad apples. And at this point, it's better to just get rid of the whole fucking bunch. Quit your jobs. Like, I don't care. Nobody ever wrote a song called Fuck the Fire Department. Like, be a firefighter. <laughs> Who knows? Like, Little Nas X might write one soon. <laughs> you know? No shit. 
So uh, I'm so glad I, everybody's mad at him. Like, God damn, I, die angry about dude, that. I have no idea who that guy is. I've Me never neither. heard any songs by him, but goddamn, dude, I'm a fan, dude. <laughs> I am a fan. I love that. It's so metal, dude. It's so metal. Exactly. I was like, bro, you rattle people like Marilyn yeah. Manson. I support the yeah. fuck out of you. I don't care how bad your music is or good. I don't know. I've never heard it. I so still yet to hear said, it, but. I, I did. I did hear that song that everybody's talking about. It's actually not that bad. <laughs> it's not. It's not my. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. But you know, it's not bad. It's not terrible. So, uh, with that being it's, said, it's man, no Garth Brooks. But. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. So, uh, with that being <laughs> said, man, I just want to dedicate this episode uh, to the memory of Stevie Branch, Michael Moore, and Christopher Byers. Um, the West Memphis Three. Unfortunately, they lost 18 years of their lives. And we'll never truly get justice, but just just to you know, if by some reason, some by some miracle of technology, they actually hear this this podcast, uh, just want just want you guys to know that uh, we support you, and just want just like there will always be somebody here to you know. We know that you're innocent. Yeah. And we and we hope uh, with everything that's out there, man. We just wish nothing but the best really, for you yeah. guys. On some very and, real, uh, on some very real, and and uh, we hope that you get everything that you want in life, man. Yeah, you- everything and more, man. For real. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, man, um, next week we're gonna go a little lighter uh, with this. Uh, Thank I- God, because this got dark. Yeah, dude. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I've been wanting to discuss this case for a while, but now that that's over and done with and and discussed, I want to go back to the well and I want to talk about another Sylvester Stallone joint. Mm-hmm. Now, Sylvester Stallone had a bunch of phenomenal '80s movies, right? Oh yeah, terrific ones. A couple of really badass '70s movies. He really hit his stride in the '80s. Oh yeah. But, but I will say. One of his best movies did not come from the 80s. No, no sir. It came from the 90s. From the and dystopian that, future of 1993. And what is that movie, my friend? Demolition Man. Baby, I can't wait to yes, review sir. this one. Starring Sylvester Stallone and uh, Benjamin Bratt and, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra not Bullock. To, not to mention the legendary Wesley Snipes. Yes, and and one of the most Joker roles that Wesley Snipes has ever done. He but... was a better Joker than <laughs> he was. He was a better Joker than Jared Leto in Suicide Squad. Like, yeah. like, yeah, like he should have channeled his inner Wesley Snipes because, like, my God, Wesley Snipes is Joker in this one. And I'd like to say he rejuvenated his role for the Coming to America Part Two. Did he? Uh, yeah, he, he had that much fun uh, with this one, but uh, but anyway, man. Yeah, uh, next week we're gonna talk about Demolition Man, and uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun with that one, man. If you guys miss any of our episodes, man, uh, you can catch us on Podbean. Uh, download some of our old episodes there. We, the last couple of weeks we talked about the Justice League movie, both Just Wheat version and Zack Snyder's version, the Bob, real version, Bob. Yes, sir. I got a question, man. What's up, man? Where, where, uh, where else can people hear our stuff? 
Man, they can hear us on Spotify. They can hear us on Apple Podcasts. You can even download the brand new. It's so beautiful. It's so nice. It's so shiny. It just looks so good on the phone backdrop. That RGV Titan radio app where you can hear your favorite podcast whenever, wherever. We're meant to be together like Shakira, guys. It's amazing. <laughs> yep. 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 And we shake it like Shakira, too. Uh-uh-uh. Our Keep hips don't lie, guys. ladies and gentlemen. Keep those dollars coming, ladies and gentlemen. We got it. We got it. <laughs> so with that being said, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, that was the Movie Know It All podcast here on RGV Titan Radio. Where are the 956? Have a good one, guys. Later. Are you looking for great local music? Then tune in to RGVTitanRadio.com. We play everything local, like hip-hop, rock, and country. If you want your music played on our radio station, then send your music to playmymusic at rgvtitanradio.com. Once more, that's playmymusic at rgvtitanradio.com. Be sure to send MP3 files that include the names of the track, album, and band or artist along with cover art. rgvtitanradio.com. We are the 956.